You're listening to Backstage Pass with Alford Media. Your behind-the-scenes look inside event tech and what it takes to turn visions into reality. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Backstage Pass, brought to you by Alford Media. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. So show season is raging on in the AV industry. We just wrapped up LDI 2019, the industry's live design hub in Las Vegas. And of course, we've got to unpack this show. So with everyone from vendors to creatives, from new technology to new methodologies, LDI packed a punch. And we're in the studio today with the team on the ground, uh, who's going to give us a deeper dive into what was really reflected at this year's LDI and what kind of an impact it's going to have on the industry moving forward into 2020. More specifically as well, we're going to be looking at how LED technology was represented at LDI and how the flexibility of of, uh, LEDs is powering new dynamic opportunities in the AV industry. So here to give their perspectives are Blake Taylor, Lighting Services Manager, and Aaron Walters, Lighting Service Technician, both at Alford Media Services. Blake and Aaron, welcome to Backstage Pass. How are you doing? Hey, glad to be here. That was a lot of services in there. A lot of services. It was. That's what we're all about. (laughs) All of it. You guys are the uh, full package. Blake, uh, how's it feel to be back in the studio for round two? Hey, it's good. You know, uh, I'm actually... uh, Kind of uh, less than hungover from the show, so it's all good to be. I'm glad to be here. You know, that's that's the. Uh, I feel like that's the chain of of progression here. Whenever you go to a show, it's just you got to come back and you got to be in recovery mode. Absolutely, absolutely. Or else you didn't have fun. Or else it wasn't a. Or else you didn't do the four to six happy hour on the trade show floor. You know, four come to on. six. Come on, man. Let's let's. <laughs> oh, oh, no, that that was just the pregame. We're just starting. No, I love it. Aaron, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on for the first time. Uh, how did you enjoy LDI just from a general perspective? Was it a good time? It was a very good time. Uh, that was actually my first time oh, going awesome. too. Okay. It's always good to see the rookies out there. Yeah. <laughs> can, can you tell, you know, when you go to the show and you're kind of scoping out on the show floor? Oh yeah. Cause you know, their eyes are huge and you're like looking around going, yeah, oh my gosh, this say. is so much to take <laughs> in. I love it. I'm sure it was pretty obvious with me. Hey, but the passion was probably showing. So that's Absolutely. what matters. Absolutely. So... The live design show was uh, kind of a culmination of a lot of different areas in the AV industry coming together and speaking to, uh, you know, how both the creative and the technical uh, can deliver on authentic engagement um, and what are the specific technologies making that happen? What are some of the specific methodologies making that happen? So what drew more attention in y'all's opinion? Was it specific technologies that were being showcased? Wow, look at this LED light, look at this speaker system, whatever it might be that was you know, really transformational, or uh, was the broader theme more focused on um, some of the thematic applications for the uh, the technologies and, you know, seeing them in action? I guess, where do you think the focus was at? You were seeing a lot of collaboration amongst all things, you know, so it's a really, it's a big visual show, but I think what we're seeing is all these merging technologies coming together and how they interact together to create these, you know, for whatever, whether it's in broadcast or live events. And I think that was really key when you walked around and you really took a look at what everyone was presenting. The ones that stood out to me the most were the uh, how the LEDs were implemented. I saw a lot of examples of using them not just for their light sources, but also as like set pieces themselves or backdrops themselves. That's really what it comes down to is like, how, how creative can you be, right? So everyone's looking at new ways to Im- implement creativity. And I think you're always kind of amazed when you walk around and go, you know what? What a great idea. Who thought of that? 
And I think that's kind of the things the show brings to the table is, is as you kind of, as you move from booth to booth, you know, even though they may be in completely different sectors of the business, you're like, ah, you know, that is a creative approach when maybe it's a product you would have never thought about that way in, in the past. Did you attend any educational sessions or seminars? Yeah, absolutely. I sat in on a few, you know, it's always good to hear from industry, other industry veterans. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're, the one thing I'll also say too is everyone's really open. So whether it's someone that's been in the business for 40 years, that's uh, you know has had tons of success, Emmys hanging on the wall, or maybe it's someone that's relatively new to the industry, um, it's great to hear their perspectives because they kind of also will speak to you know where they see new technology driving, you know, and what they see as the future holds. Yeah. What were some of the main things you learned at the educational sessions? I know when I head to my shows, I always make time for them because I feel like I walk away with the most important facts, the most important like themes moving forward for the industry at those uh, sessions and seminars. So I'm always interested to hear what y'all attended and what you took away. The only uh, educational classes I took there were a couple of days worth of laser safety classes and oh, laser cool. operation classes. Okay. Uh, aside from that, I was just wondering the show floor and looking at various technologies. Okay. Laser safety, laser operation. Is this something that you are just wanting to explore yourself? That is, uh, you know, a personal interest in the industry, or is there a, a larger reason for why you're, you know, prepping yourself with those skills? Uh, definitely a personal interest. Yeah. But it just so happens that we just bought two lasers. Okay. And we don't have anybody to operate them yet. So that's why I went to LDI. I mean, hey, putting laser operator on your business card is going to be pretty... Right, and safety officer. badass. Yeah, yeah like I love you're it, yeah. wondering <laughs> if anyone's going to be like arrested, like, hey, uh, that laser pointer right there yeah, in right. your pocket, <laughs> I need to see some identification. Hey, I'm skilled with this. Don't try me. Yeah, right. I love it. I love it. Why did Alford invest in in a new you know laser system? Uh, is it something that is drawing a lot of attention from your clients? Is it something just to expand your portfolio, uh, you know, new tools to add to your tool belt? Um, you know, are, was that something maybe you saw reflected at LDI that, oh, hey, wow, a lot of people are using lasers even more. They're using them in more creative ways. You know, we're really seeing, you know, obviously lasers have been around for a long time, but the the way we're seeing the form factor of lasers now, they're becoming more and more user-friendly. Um, the variances, you know, on them are becoming easier to obtain. Uh, we're seeing more and more products come to market that are using lasers as an actual uh, light engine in them. So this is something that we're always paying attention to because it's, um, you know, it's a unique product and it's something that I don't think will ever go away. And uh, I think it's something that we want to have in our arsenal to offer to our potential clients. How about from, from your perspective after attending the, the sessions and learning a little more? I mean, uh, d does it feel like this is something that the industry you know, is really asking for and that, you know, we need more skilled operators because X, Y, Z, you know? Oh, definitely. I think um, I saw a lot of booths using lasers in various forms. Mm -hmm. uh, Clay Packy just premiered a new light that uses a laser engine as its light source instead of a lamp or LED, oh, cool. which it's the only light out there that's doing that right now. But um, I saw a couple of other products that were using lasers in very creative ways. The... Uh, how do you pronounce it? Minuet. Minuet uh, IVL square. So Ooh. when you look at this fixture, it's, it, it looks like nothing you've seen before. So imagine like an old school like a uh, record player, right? Yeah. So you're looking at this thing and then and then crossbreed it with like a la some sort of advanced laser system. So this looks like nothing that you would walk up and go, oh, this is something I absolutely need to own. Right. <laughs> but once you see it in a, once you see this thing in uh, action, you're kind of going, wow, this is something really impressive. I mean, the large aerials that it offers, uh, you know, the uh, the fact that, you know, it's a class three R fixture, so it doesn't require a variance to be used, you know, so you can basically use it in any unsupervised area. 
which that offers tremendous amounts of you know places that we could use it. But uh, you know when you see it, it had all these different plexiglass uh, shrouds on it. So the visual side of it, you know, when a customer will walk in and say, "That's absolutely something I've never seen before," and what is it? Because it it looks so strange at first glance. Blake pivoting, you know, or sticking with you, I guess at this point. But I want to pivot to some of the classes you went to. Um, what were the main educational sessions that really stood out to you and what were some of the main takeaways you got? Uh, and let's dig into, you know, how they maybe reflect some larger changes in the industry. So some of the things that I always like to, to attend is I like to listen to some, you know, operators, designers, programmers that are out there yeah. and kind of listen to some of the, what some of the things they're bringing to the table as far as their skill sets and the things that they're looking forward towards. The one thing that I kind of heard is kind of a, you know, overall trend is, you know, the, the merging of how we're, we're handling our data. How are we handling, you know, all the different types of show data that are on, on show site now? Uh, the one thing that's not going away is all the different protocols we have and the way we transmit data. And I think we're seeing an, an increasing trend in how that data is being handled on show site. How is it being managed? You know, we've always had, you know, different disciplines out there, you know, with their own types of data. And really what I was kind of hearing from everyone is, is how are we moving forward to kind of make this all inclusive, right? How does everyone on, on the same show function, you know, together in the same data stream? And that's something that I think I heard a lot being repeated over and over again as I listened to a lot of other industry veterans talk. Interesting. Yeah. Are they finding that kind of collaboration through superior management software uh, through utilizing the cloud? You know, what's really helping bridge that gap between different departments on a show? Well, there is. There's always new hardware and technologies, whether it's, you know, software driven that's coming to market. So I would say there's probably easily right now five to six different vendors in the market that are offering, you know, new flexible solutions for everyone to use. And I think that's making it much easier and less complicated. And I think that's the real key thing is, is when we talk about, uh, you know, those infrastructures is how easy is it to implement and how easy it for people to learn. And I think it's getting simpler and that's key. Yeah, I'm glad that you, you know, you brought up this theme of collaboration because I feel like especially at live design show, you're going to get a more of a focus on collaboration um, because I think of the nature of the show. It's it's a meeting of the worlds for different sides of the AV industry. So in general, how do you think this theme of collaboration maybe was reflected at LDI? Was it um, you know, reflected differently than maybe uh, previous years that you've been? Is there anything that stood out as particularly collaborative or fresh? So the one thing I'll say is about that too is the one thing I noticed is a lot of the vendors out there, weight manufacturers, there seemed to be this overall kind of, you know, where they were reaching out to, whether you're an end user, maybe you're a purchaser, but they really wanted the input from, you know, who was purchasing their products. You know, in the past, you'd go and you say, hey, this is the new XYZ. It's a must own. We've built it. It's the best thing ever come to market. Really, this year, it seemed like, hey, we want to hear from you. Tell us what our next product should be. We want to get that input. So there's a real openness to this year's show. And it wasn't just with the, you know, the big, large uh, manufacturers, but even all the way down to the small entry level. So it seemed like everyone was wanting to listen and get that feedback about where their product line could go in the future. And I think that was really refreshing because it's something that I hadn't noticed in the past. What do you think is motivating that kind of desire for feedback? I think, you know, one thing that kind of drives that is, is there's such competition in the marketplace that I think a lot of the manufacturers out there are saying, hey, listen, you know, we've got to have, we need to basically create those relationships with whoever's going to use our end products. And the one way to create those relationships is, hey, let's bring them in early. Let's make the product that our users want and hmm. the ones they want to purchase. Interesting. Is that almost to a degree creating a little more competition as well? I mean, like is, as much as it's a collaborative, you know, feel for the industry, does it not also create 
like more, uh, I don't know, hyper competition by, okay, we need to get the end users in, you know, to our booth and we need to get them to interact with our technology and we need to do it in a way that, you know, sticks with them and, you know, resonates with them after seeing a thousand booths walking around on the oh, show floor. A- absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that engagement is key, right? So I want to go see the person I know that has my interest at in mind, you know, the product that I want to use in the, in the upcoming years. And so that's who I want to interact with. That's who I want to communicate with. And I think that's, uh, it's a, uh, you know, it's a very important way to approach, you know, when you're looking to attract people to your products. So something else I wanted to speak on is specifically LED technology at LDI. Uh, Aaron, I want to toss this one to you. Um, Your background is really varied. You spent portions of your career putting together the technology for haunted houses, uh, theme parks, working in special effects, pyrotechnics. So you've really got uh, an extensive career in developing the grand visuals for a lot of these interactive and immersive uh, sort of uh, attractions, I guess you could say. So in the almost 10 years that you've been working in the industry, how have you seen LED technology in general kind of reshape the feel and presentation of some of those projects that uh, you've worked on? When I first started seeing LEDs getting used in our industry, it was more like PARs, just really simple uh, static lights. Um, now I've been noticing companies putting out uh, they look like lamp-based movers, like uh, the Roby Esprit, the VL2600 by Verilite, mm. uh, various uh, moving fixtures like that. They're taking out the uh, lamp bases or and replacing that with uh, LED engines. Okay. Um, that's been a thing just here in the past couple of years. That's part of uh, what I really took away from LDI was watching, uh, like, like I said, I like... Uh, finding more unique uses for things in this industry. I like the the strange side, uh, the like cutting edge side, uh, especially in simplicity. For example, the Martin VDO is a LED light that's pixel mappable, but it's this bar that, or it, well, it's a series of lights and you have uh, hardware that you can chain them together and create different shapes and you can hang them all up and like, this whole curtain and create like, it's like a video wall. It looks like a video wall, but it's not like fine little LEDs. It's right. like, it's like a large little, deployed. Yeah. yeah. Instead of little LEDs, you're using things like this. Big chonkers. Yeah. Yeah. Love yeah. it. But yeah, just incorporating them into sets, I think is pretty neat. I've always been fascinated by set design. So mm. uh, using big chunky hardware LED and using that to create a backdrop. Yeah. It's pretty neat. That's interesting. That's interesting that, you know, to a degree, there's technology out there that embraces the kind of like, <laughs> I can't think of a better word for it, but like gothic, right? Like almost like big, bold, chunky technology. Often when you think of where LED is going, it's like, let's make the pixel pitch really, really tight. Let's find a way to make this have zero borders. Um, let's find a way to get this into the wall. But to a degree, I mean, what you're describing is technology that sort of embraces the the big chunkiness of, uh, I guess, older hardware, um, but delivering on the high power and the flexibility of new LEDs. Yeah. Why do you think, you know, that that kind of aesthetic value remains? I don't know. Maybe that's just like a a retro kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, But still pushing for energy conservation and 
uh, utilizing LED like that. So like one of the things I noticed, you know, a theme that was really across the entire show this year was kind of that retro is new again. Okay. And we really saw that across a lot of different product lines. And, you know, when we talk about retro is obviously we're using new technology. Our LEDs are getting brighter, more efficient. But, you know, we were seeing things like the Verilite VL5. It's a standard across the fixture, you know, across the industry for many, many years. And now they've added this, you know, brought it back, put an LED engine into it, but they've given it that same that same look that the original fixture had. Uh, you know, there's another company called Portman Lights out there. And they have these huge incandescent lights, multi-source incandescent lights, something you might have seen on like 1950s, 60s, you know, movie sets. Yeah. But they brought it into this, you know, with the technology available today. But you still get that look. So it's a, that visual look that brings you back to many, many years ago. Right. And that was something industry, you know, something interesting that when you walked around to see, you know, even, you know, even not so much LEDs, but even some of the fixtures. Like, you know, for a long time, uh, all the, you know, moving mirror scanners, you know, type fixtures had, had kind of gone by the wayside. And now we're seeing a return. Now we're seeing that they're offering, you know, those those type of fixtures back, which is kind of interesting because you walk around, it's like kind of going back in time a little bit. Do you think that maybe speaks to a larger trend that we see in uh, industries like AV that, um, you know, put a lot of focus on immersion and entertainment that have have really realized through um, through the rollout of things like VR and AR, which seem to capture the buzzword attention uh, that kind of diverts people's focus uh, they've kind of realized, okay, wow, yes, these are great tools, but they are just tools. They're not the end goal. Like, it's not like we need to necessarily improve on uh, every single technology every year. There has to be a better version or a better something. Sometimes older, more tried and true um, rollouts are, you know, just as valuable and just as... Um, necessary for achieving that kind of immersion? I mean, is it kind of just like a return to form for the industry or is it is it like a revelation or is it just a, hey, we've got these old tools that were good. Let's let's bring them back because, you know, why not? They didn't go out of style. Well, I think what happens is, you know, a lot of designers out there, you know, they want to look at not only, you know, when they look at the tools they're using, they don't, you know, they want them to have a purpose and to, to, to do that purpose well, but they also want something that's aesthetically pleasing, right, to the audience. So even when it's not on, how does that fixture look? Yeah. You know, can I blend that into the entire visual, you know, scenic layout of my, of my, uh, my rig? And I think we see that a lot more and more with fixtures. This is great that it's bright and it can, you know, put out so many lumens and it can do all these wonderful colors and light your actors well. But at the same time is, you know, does the face of that fixture look aesthetic pleasing? Can I tie that into the visual, you know, that I have in my scenery? And I think we see that more and more. So it give, you know, it really does offer a lot of other solutions other than just being a practical fixture. It also seems like a big part of what's making at least LED lights uh, even more exciting for AV professionals is the flexibility of the lighting itself. It's really been refined and improved. Um, the fact that you know improvements in color now allow LEDs to really authentically simulate the look of different kinds of lights and really create that soft glow of an incandescent without actually having um, you know an energy hog of an incandescent. Uh, what changes to LED technology are making you know these color representations more possible? This flexibility more possible? And in what ways did you see some of that reflected at LDI? Well, I think, you know, the one thing we kind of look at sometimes, um, especially on the broadcast and on the camera side of things is, you know, we look at the uh, CRI values and I think we're seeing the quality of the, uh, the LEDs being used in products is only increasing. Entire product lines are matching across. So if you're going with 
with, let's say, a particular manufacturer. So no matter if you're using a wash light or maybe using some sort of automated batten, that all those colors can match very well, that if you use them in unison together, that you're kind of getting, an, you know, it's not like, oh, this is a, that red over there looks a little less, you know, uh, you know, intense than maybe this product over here. And I think you're seeing a lot more of those uh, colors, especially in the color ranges, blend well together and work well together. So the uh, Portman, as he mentioned, P2, that's based off of an older light. And uh, called the Portman P1. And, uh, P1, P2. Yeah. <laughs> they try to keep it simple for yeah. us. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Thank goodness. But uh, that was a halogen lamp light. But they made the LED in a way that it looks the exact same, hmm. which is a pretty cool new technology. Uh, just like ColorFlex is doing with their new neon, they have LED strips that you can build into set pieces that it looks like neon gas, but it's LED. Is LED as cheap at the commercial level as it often gets described as at the uh, consumer level? You know, as being, oh, the cheapest, the most efficient, and therefore because it's so flexible, you know, it really empowers me as a consumer. Do you have that same kind of conversation at the commercial level as integrators? Well, I think when we talk about those cost savings, what we, you know, you talk about the replacement cost. Obviously, with incandescent lamps, they have a certain, you know, uh, you know, lamp hour life that yeah. can, you know, last. With with the LED technology, whether you're in the residential, commercial, or even in, in our side of the industry, is, you know, how are we talking, you know, twenty thousand hours, thirty thousand, forty thousand hours, and those savings really do equate to, you know, true savings over having to replace all those those lamps, you know, after they reach that certain hour, the limited hours that those present to us. So, yeah, absolutely. I think there's definitely um, not only that, but just in the efficiency, right? So, you know, maybe on shows where you're using, you know, 800 amps, 400 amps, maybe now you're less than 100 amps. So just being green alone and the savings and just the power consumption, I mean, it's a, it's a no-brainer. So, and I think that's really why everything uh, lighting-wise in any industry is really driving that direction. Just to wrap up with some of the specific technologies that you saw at LDI, I mean, obviously we got to talk on some specific models, we already hit the P2, you know, P1, P2, but... I'm waiting for the P3 Yeah, myself. right. Hey, <laughs> hold out. New one every year. Um, what were some of the technologies that really stood out to you? It could be, um, you know, specific companies, uh, models that you saw, whether it's LED, whether it's something else, could be lasers, um, or, you know, even just holistic technologies like oh yes we really saw uh lasers per perhaps you know reflected really well at uh, ldi this year what were the technologies that stood out you know the one thing that you know i also look at too i mean the hardware is great you know all the lighting fixtures is great but you know we also like to look at the software and on that side of things and i think that cast with their black tracks spatial tracking system is continuing to develop i mean it's amazing the strides they're making um you know the basically their their growth is is unbelievable uh, the way that they're now implementing products across all staging products, uh, you know, they're increasing the software's ability to interact with performers through a virtual scenery and objects in an 8K realm is pretty astonishing. So that's something that really stands out and we see, especially as a company like us, you know, it's something that really catches our eyes, you know, to be able to say, hey, look at this. This is, uh, you know, we're truly in that 3D immersive software, you know, you know, environment. Right. And it's pretty amazing how they get all these products to work together with each other. Uh, the, the Minuit Un, the laser based, yeah. you know, record player looking thing, uh, kind of looks physically, kind of looks bulky, but they had demo videos set up that 
had it, you know, and you said very on like TV or at concerts and whatnot, created a really, really impressive look, Mm. really impressive. So this company Verity is using uh, really tiny drones for indoor shows. That's, uh, yeah, that was my favorite part of LDI was uh, seeing the videos of those indoor LED drones. In what capacity are they being used? Just so they only have about a three minute, two and a half minute to three minute uh, travel time because they're they're so that they're about <laughs> this, you know, the size of this little notebook. Yeah. But uh, so they'll just fly them out and have them, you know, either like a warm orangish light look like fireflies during a performer song, or you know, make them do symbols or signs in the sky above the performers. Interesting. I love that. Yeah, so in the evenings out in the parking lot, once the show was over, Intel put a 300 drone show up in the air. And uh, I will say that the execution, you know, how precise these drones were in the air, I mean, it, sometimes you're looking at it going, wow, that is like pixel for pixel. Yeah. You know, because, they, you know, it starts out, you see all these drones flying in the air, and you're like, oh, there's, there's that huge firefly moment. And then they all dim out, right? The lights go out. You don't see the drones anymore. The next thing you know, we're seeing the LDI logo. And if you ever see it, it has a, you know, a big circular rainbow. And all of a sudden, now that rain, it, you know, they're running colors through that logo and having it, you know, rotate around. And it creates all kinds of different figures that are actually doing animations in the sky. Hmm. You know, and it wasn't like, oh, look, at there's several of them that are out of place. Like, they were so precise that it was like, wow, I can't believe that they're not, you know, you know, locked onto something. But it was pretty amazing to see how precise they were. Wow. That also definitely gave a larger-than-life impression, uh, I'd, at least for me. I don't know about the rest of the audience, but it definitely uh, sparked a lot of imagination within me. Got you ready to work those lasers. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I love it. The other thing, too, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of jump into as far as like the show. You know, the one thing, too, is it seems like, you know, a lot of people come together and it's a great chance to kind of meet people outside of your particular, you know, arena of expertise. Sure. So whether it's end users, maybe it's college students, maybe it's, you know, someone that is, that's there buying for a large uh, rental market. Uh, you know, you see a lot of sharing and openness. And I think that's really key to the success of that show is that when you have that many people come together, they're not there with their own particular, hey, I'm going here, I'm looking to buy this, or hey, I want to go learn about this, that you do see a lot of engagement. And I think that's really key for those shows to stay you know, effective is to have all those different types of attendees come together. And whether it's an after-hours party, which you know, those are always fun, or maybe it's you're on the show floor and you're bumping into an old colleague that you haven't seen in years and you're able to sh- you know, share something that maybe you've seen. But I think that that kind of uh, sharing and opens up dialogues of discussion, you know, that helps drive, you know, where we're going and those new technologies. Because once that's shared amongst whether you're a manufacturer or if you are a user, I think that's what really drives what we see the next year and the year after that, which, you know, that's key. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because it's not or, relevant. <laughs> there's a flamethrower. Yeah. yeah. There's plenty of effects in the show. Uh, that's what I do. There's always special effects at the show. And there's right. always something cool, whether it's like, <laughs> you know, smoke-filled bubbles or it's something, you know, being driven by CO2. I mean, there's always something fun, you know, to go see. Right. Some real cl- crowd pleasers. Hey, I mean, I don't think anything's ever more of a cloud... Uh, cloud pleaser? <laughs> a cloud pleaser. <laughs> a crowd pleaser than fire bursting out of a machine. So, I mean. Yeah, it was pretty neat. It's this tiny little tube about this big, about, I don't know, what, two feet? With a little, uh, two little sticks coming out of it, one with a little red button. You can just hold it and. 
it's nice because it's always nice to see other you know people that aren't paying attention jump you know whether you're firing like a huge smoke column at them or or launching a, a stream of fire in their general direction yeah you know some other shows out there maybe that are more audio and video based you know you just you just don't get flamethrowers yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey something special for ldi all right y'all well thank you so much for joining us on this episode of backstage pass again we were joined by Blake Taylor, Lighting Services Manager at Alford Media, and Aaron Walters, Lighting Service Technician at Alford Media. Aaron, Blake, thank you both again for joining us. Always a pleasure. Hey, thanks, thanks for having, having us. us. And thank you everyone for listening to today's episode of Backstage Pass. And if you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, you can head to alfordmedia.com. On there you'll find some previous podcasts, articles, blog posts, videos everything all of the above you can also find this podcast on apple podcasts and spotify and make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you're listening to your podcast content i'm your host daniel litwin the voice of b2b till next time